0: Good morning everyone. Thank you so much, Stephen and everyone else. It's great. Uh, this is, as Gordon said, first Sunday of September. It's the start of a new church year, and therefore we, we thought it would be good to do something that, yes, we have done a couple of times before, but we haven't done it for a couple of years. And that is to explain or, or reintroduce, and maybe for some people here this morning, introduce for the very first time our vision. And our desire and our heart for Windsor Baptist Church. And so what I'm going to share today, I know is going to be familiar to lots of people. At least I hope it is familiar to lots of people. But because vision doesn't have kind of natural adhesive, it it doesn't stick, it's good to revisit it and come back to it on a relatively regular basis. And in, in your pews this morning should be one of these reprinted cards. Can I invite everyone to try to grab one of those if you can? And please do... Uh, take one with you this morning but what we're hoping to do over the next four weeks is explain something of the journey that we are on as a community of God's people in this place at this time as we attempt to be church rather than do church as we attempt to follow Jesus and love God with all our heart soul strength and mind and love our neighbor as ourselves And as we seek to be, and I've used this phrase before, I'm borrowing it from Leslie Newbegin, as we seek as a church to be a sign, a symbol, and a preview of the coming kingdom, and I'll come back to that phrase a little later. Now, I'm aware, and this happens at Windsor, especially around this time of year, that some people drop into a service to visit us in order to discover more about us, who we are, suss us out, check us out, try us out, Uh, And you're very welcome if you're here this morning doing that. But please hear me that that I'm not attempting this morning to sell Windsor Baptist. This is not a marketing exercise. This is not a sales pitch. It's simply an opportunity to cast or recast vision and to remind us, what is it that we believe is important? I can also say by way of introduction that I'm gonna be a little different from from usual. I'm not gonna read a main Bible text as we normally do. I'll be doing that this evening. Although hopefully everything I'm gonna say over these next sort of 20 minutes or so is gonna be grounded in God's word. And I'm certainly gonna be referring to various biblical texts. So okay, here is our vision. Our vision is to be a church without walls. What I want you to do is turn around to the person beside you and just say the first word that comes into your head whenever you hear that phrase, go quick. (laughs) Right. Stop. That's enough. Okay. Okay. That was it. That's it. That's it. Okay. So our vision is to be a church without walls. I know I caught you on the hop there, but it was just to kind of keep you with me. So let me break that phrase down. And to start with what might seem like the blatantly obvious, I want to look at this word, this idea, this reality church I'm going to assume, and I know this is dangerous, but I'm going to assume that the vast majority of people here this morning are committed to church, to the church. We are not only Christian people, we are church people. We're not just committed to Christ, we're committed to the body of Christ. Now, I recognize that some people may want to challenge that perspective. I'm also aware of a growing number of what are increasingly described as unchurched, de-churched, post-churched Christians i.e. those who kind of claim to love God and follow Jesus, but no longer want or anything to do with church, specifically local church. There are lots of reasons for that, and I do not want to trivialize or underestimate the frustration, the disappointment, the hurt, and the confusion that some people have experienced at church. And I know there will be people here this morning who have been hurt by church. And I'm not gonna trivialize that or underestimate the impact. Statistics reveal that there is heavy traffic through the back doors of our churches. And recent surveys have identified these as the kind of key reasons why people do walk away, why people do disconnect, personal pain, difficulties with leaders, apparent irrelevance of church failure to encounter God, family issues, burnout, disappointed expectations, changes in circumstances, lack of a sense of belonging. And as I've said, I'm not wanting to dismiss the reality of some, sadly, many people's experiences. Lessons need to be learned. Conversations must take place around these issues. But nevertheless, I want to affirm that here we are church people. We're committed to the body of Christ that an unchurched Christian is surely an oxymoron. John Stott put it like this in one of the last books he wrote before he died. It's quite strong. I trust that none of my readers is that grotesque anonymously an unchurched Christian. The New Testament knows nothing of such a person. For the church lies at the very center of the eternal purpose of God. It's not a divine afterthought. It is not an accident of history. On the contrary, the church is God's new community for his purpose conceived in the past eternity being worked out in history and so perfected and in the future eternity is not to save isolated individuals and so perpetuate our loneliness but rather it's to build his church that is to call out of the world a people for his own glory so then the reason why we're committed to the church is that god is so committed so right up front I want to say again, we here at Windsor Baptist are committed to the church. Now there's no such thing as the perfect church. I think it was Eugene Peterson who said that churches are groups of sinners led by sinners. That might come as a shock to some or relief to others. This is a far cry from a perfect church, a far cry. We make so many mistakes here. We disappoint so many people. We get it wrong. So if you're looking for the perfect church, this is not it. I'm not saying that to make excuses for when we mess up and disappoint you. Get it wrong, I'm not. I'm not trying to create despair. It's simply a recognition that where there are sinners, there is sin and that sin manifests itself in the way we treat each other, the way we speak to each other, does. Therefore, there will be people here who have hurt you and will hurt you by some of the things they say or don't say. Do or don't do. But remember, where there is Jesus, who's the head and the center, and we'll come back to this, there's also grace in abundance to counter sin and its effects. So we believe in the church, God's new community, it lies at the very heart, very center of his eternal purposes and what we're inviting you to do is commit yourself to it. Be committed to the church. Engage with it and be part of it in this context. Let's go back to our vision, so that's church. What's the rest of the phrase? Seeking to be a church without walls. Now this vision, and many of you know this because you've been at Windsor for years, for far longer than I have been at Windsor, that's not a new vision. 16 years ago now, 16, 17 years ago now? A lot of thought, time, and prayer went into establishing this as the vision of Windsor Baptist Church, and we still firmly believe That there's something dynamic and exciting and yet challenging about this vision. It still has the power, it still has the ability, it still has the potential to form us and shape us as a community. And so in a sense, we're parking in this phrase, we're staying with this. We believe this is still our God-given vision. But what does it mean? What does a church without walls look like? What does it feel like? Well, let me attempt to paint a bit of a picture and, and some of this should be captured on that little card as I say, this is not new to so many of you, but I hope, I hope it's new to a number or it's a reminder to everyone. But a church without walls suggests that, look, it's not about the building and it's not church's people. It's a community. We meet in this place. We meet within this structure. We thank God for this structure. We thank God for our new premises, the majestic. I'm in with you, Peter. <laughs> I mean, our premises are a gift from God. But sometimes at the start of services, and I am guilty of this, I say this, we say welcome to Windsor Baptist Church. It's wrong. What we should be saying is welcome to a gathering of Windsor Baptist Church. You see, we don't want our life and our ministry and our mission to be confined by bricks and mortar We want to be a congregation that actually spills out over and into the community, local and beyond. We want a church that is without walls. Secondly, we want to reduce the barriers. Walls can sometimes be seen as those things which keep people out or keep people in. But we want to make sure there are no or as few as possible initial barriers to overcome. That right from the word go, whenever somebody joins us, whether on a Sunday morning, a Sunday evening, whether it's at grief encounters, whether it's at Christianity Explored, discovering Jesus through Asian eyes, whatever, that they are made to feel welcome, accepted, included. We want Windsor Baptist Church to be an inclusive church in that sense. A truly inclusive church church. We also want to limit the stylistic barriers that can apply to things like dress code and the language we use in the music. We want people to come as they are and to be encouraged to engage through a variety of different styles. And the thing about that is for some people that's scary. That means there will be time when people dress a certain way, play or sing a certain way, speak a certain way that won't always tick our boxes or please our personal preferences. But you know something, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about what I like or what I want. It's about a community gathering together to worship, to learn, to discover, to grow, to read, to pray, to eat, to drink, to celebrate, to listen, to be transformed. It's bigger than me. We want to make it easy for people to come in here. We want to have porous borders, which I appreciate requires wisdom and courage. But although we want to be reluctant to define the edges, we do want to be clear and upfront and transparent regarding our center. There is and there must be a definite center that comprises of non-negotiable core convictions that are rooted in our story. That has shaped our community, rooted in God's story, as revealed in God's Word. It's got to be at the heart. And along with those core convictions, rooted in God's story, rooted in God's Word, is Jesus. Who's got to be at the heart and the hub? He's got to be the source of all we do. And so it's Jesus and it's our core convictions that shape us. It's Jesus and our core convictions that make us distinctive, that separate us from a pluralistic and contested culture. And so we expend our energy on maintaining the core rather than patrolling the boundaries. We're seeking to be a church without walls, without boundaries. A church that points people to and draws people into the core. A church that is open to any and all who are interested in following Jesus. Any and all who are searching. and want to discover more about what it means to love God while their hearts so strengthen men and love their neighbor as themselves. Chorus borders, definite center. And finally, although this is by no means an exhaustive list or comprehensive summary, but one of the critical ideas and aims behind this vision is to emphasize the importance of church gathered and church scattered. This this morning is church gathered. Gathering is important. It's crucial. As the New Testament says, let us not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing as we step out into new, let me encourage you, do not neglect gathering together. It's so important. Someone has said that church on a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, whenever is like, and you've heard me say this before, it's like a filling station or service hour area. We gather with others on a journey to be refreshed and refueled. And I, hope and pray that this can be that kind of church where you gather with others to worship, to be refreshed and be refueled. But a church without walls doesn't just acknowledge the importance of us all coming together to be refreshed and to be refueled and to worship together. It also recognizes that we are every bit as much church when we are scattered, that the life of churches, this church has got to spill out. We come together to be encouraged, to be challenged, to be formed, to be shaped so that when we go out, we can be more and more effective in our discipleship and mission. Back to that new begin phrase, the church is called to be a sign and a symbol and preview of the coming kingdom. God's kingdom exists in this world in part now and is coming in its fullness someday. And we are to testify to that reality. We, the church, are to be representatives of that reality in this world. God has rescued us, saved us, but for a purpose. And that is clear from the narrative and the story of Scripture. God has blessed us, why? In order that we will be a blessing to other people. We can trace that right back to Genesis 12 and God's call to Abraham. First couple of verses in Genesis 12. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna bless you and your offspring and their offspring, but I'm doing it for a purpose so that you can go and be a blessing to this world. And we know the story. The people of God ended up in slavery and God stepped in and he rescued and he saved them again. But again, he saved them again for a purpose. This time he said, I want you to be a light to the nations. It's always for a purpose. It's not just about me. And wherever you come, and whenever you come into the New Testament, and for example, the writing of the Apostle Peter, you discover language that was used in the Old Testament to describe the people of God as now being applied to the church. And so we read this, 1 Peter 2, 9 to 12, you're a chosen people. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Be careful then how you live among your unbelieving neighbors. Though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So in 15 minutes or so, whenever we leave this place in this building and we walk out of these doors, church is not over. It's not finished for this week. We simply scatter to be church on mission. We are called out of the world to belong to God, but then at the same time, God turns around and sends us straight back into the world to be his witnesses. To do good deeds, to point people to God, to live as kingdom people. As the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sent, so I am sending you. So we come, we go we gather, we scatter. A church without walls retains that perspective and balance. But all of this begs the question, how? How do we become or increasingly become a church without walls? How do we pursue this vision? Well, if you look at the inside of that card, you find these questions answered and addressed in kind of a number of words and pictures. And so to become a church without walls, we believe Windsor Baptist must intentionally be a place of belonging, a place of multiplying, a place of serving, and a place of going. And in what I've shared so far, I've touched on some of these issues, but just for the last five minutes or so, let me think a little bit more about this first value, belonging. 16 years ago, whenever this church was considering its vision, they surveyed a number of people And they discovered that the need to have a sense of belonging ranked as one of the highest priorities for so many people. And I'm sure you picked up earlier that one of the reasons why so many people leave church and walk out the back doors and disconnect from church is because of a lack of a sense of belonging. And the church and any church has got to be a place of belonging. There's got to be a sense of togetherness. Whenever you read that amazing description of the first spirit-filled church in Jerusalem recorded at the end of Acts 2, the word together just appears time and time again. They were together, they met together, they ate together. There's a very definite sense of everyone, yes, belonging to God, but also belonging to one another. There's a very definite sense of family, which is one of the most potent New Testament images of the church, in fact, it's far more than an image, it's meant to be a reality. The Bible is explicit that whenever someone becomes a Christian, whenever someone discovers new life in Christ, they are or they do become, to quote John 1:12, a child of God. They're welcomed into the family of God. God is their loving heavenly father. Jesus is their elder brother and other Christians are their siblings, their brothers and sisters in Christ. There is this tangible sense of belonging and togetherness. There's got to be. And another one of Paul's key ways of describing the church was as a body, a body of Christ. He discussed this in four of his letters. Jesus is the head, yes, but we are all members of it, part of it. We're all as different as hands and feet, but you know something? We all belong. We're all connected. We all need each other. We're in this together. And as you read through the rest of the New Testament, all the pictures, all the images of church speak of belonging and security and safety. And so church, according to Scripture, has got to be this place of belonging. so we want to hope and pray and make sure that Windsor Baptist, this local expression of the family of God, the body of Christ, is a place where people feel they belong. Do we always get that right? No. Will there be people who say, do you know something? I've been going there for I don't know how long and I still don't feel I belong. Yes. We've got to be real about this, but we've got to seek with God's help to create the kind of community where people do feel a sense of belonging, a sense of which they are included and in part of this. But what about those who are not Christians? Who are not yet Christians, should I say? People who are searching and inquiring and struggling, and they come here and they attend here. Can people like that belong to Windsor Baptist? Well, at a very definite level, I sincerely hope so. In recent years, there's been quite a bit of discussion regarding belonging and believing in terms of the local church. Do you have to believe what we believe before you can belong? Or can you belong before reaching a place of believing? Now I realize those are huge issues. Require far more attention than I can give them this morning. But nevertheless, let me say this. If people come here and want to explore Christianity, if they want to come here and discover more about who God is, who Jesus is, if people want to come here to experience corporate worship, if they want to engage with a local Christian community, then surely church, this church, has got to respond with integrity and patience. People have got to be welcomed on their journey, accepted and included as they consider and as they work through what they do believe. And back to what I said earlier about the importance of having a definite center, these core convictions, shared story, Jesus right at the heart, But then I also said that we need these ill-defined edges, these porous borders. Well, I believe this quote from Stuart Murray kind of hopefully ties it all together. Churches with healthy centers are secure enough to welcome those who are exploring faith and searching for authenticity. They are relaxed, non-judgmental communities where questions, doubts, dissent, and fears can be expressed and where ethical issues do not preclude acceptance. They are inclusive without compromising. That is a huge statement, but that resonates with me if I'm really honest. And I hope and pray Windsor Baptist, during the time I am here, can be that kind of a church where all are welcome, where all can experience a sense of belonging. Our ultimate hope and prayer is that you will belong at the very deepest level, that you will become a member of God's family, a child of God, a brother and sister of ours in Christ. But you know something, see as you journey towards that place, journey towards that position, I still hope this church and this community can offer a context where people can be accepted and loved and discover grace in abundance. And as a result of that, Discover transformation. The other issue I do just want to really briefly mention is something I just said a moment ago that, that what happens whenever people do come here for a period of time and yet still struggle to feel they do belong. They feel out in the fringes. It seems that very many people know who you are. Maybe have been coming here for years. Very few people know your name. I never tire of quoting these lyrics. You all know what's coming. Theme tune from Cheers. (laughs) Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. name. Do you know church should be a lot like that? a place where everybody knows your name and is glad you came only this is not this is not a social gathering this is far more than that far bigger far more important this is about coming together encountering the living god through worship and word it's about discovery But as we recognize that and guard that and pursue those essentials, we also want you, whoever you are, to feel that you belong. And so please do stay afterwards for a cup of coffee. Please do join a small group. Please do ask somebody about the opportunity to come and serve. Please do sign up and go down to the Majestic on Tuesday night and just help us clear that building. And we do want you to consider joining us kind of formally as a church member So you're accountable, so you're committed to our core convictions, showing your commitment to Jesus. And we're gonna be having some kind of baptism and membership classes to enable you to become that kind of formally committed member of this church. And if you wanna know more about that, speak to me afterwards. But I do need to finish. And as I close, let me go back to this little card where it says on the back of it, our hope is that you will engage. And I do hope you found what I've shared interesting I hope for those who have heard it once before, twice before you go, yep, I've heard that. that, That's good to be reminded. But I also am inviting you to join us to engage in making our vision become a reality where we become a church without walls. And next week we'll kind of develop this further as we consider this as a place of multiplying and and what that means and looks like. We're gonna close. With, with a song that, that is gonna seem a little strange to sing at this point in our service, Come Now is the Time to Worship. It's the kind of song we often sing at the start of a service, but I purposefully chose it this, this morning to sing at the end of our service because what I really wanted to communicate, and I hope it was picked up in something I shared this morning, is that now, as we walk out of here, as we are church scattered, now is the time to worship. It's not confined to within this place. Now is the time to worship. Now is the time to give your heart. Now is the time to come as you are and to come before your God. So as you have gathered, I hope being refreshed, I hope being refueled, I now encourage you to scatter, to worship. Let's stand together and sing.